0: sifter for the ear news interviews reviews cinema tv streaming action hi y'all this is jerry williams aka tv jerry the sixth annual pocahontas reframed film festival which honors the contributions of native americans runs next week from november 18th through 20th at the vmfa
1: You know, the first few red carpets you do, you're kind of like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. But it does feel like work after a while. Um, A lot of pressure. Yeah. And also, it's not always the most comfortable thing, like wearing like super high heels. And it used to be something that I really enjoyed as sort of an expression of my individuality. But now it feels a
0: little bit like part of my job rather than fun. That was Constance Wu talking about walking the red carpet. Her new book, Making a Scene, looks at her rise to fame in Fresh Off the Boat and Crazy Rich Asians, but spends more time recalling some of the fun and traumas of growing up right here in Richmond. We're going to talk about the video project she was in, which I directed in 1995, and a lot more. Sifter Review of the Week Inside Man on Netflix This series takes place in two different countries, One is on death row in the U.S. while the other plays out in England. Stanley Tucci plays a convicted killer who also helps solve murders from his cell. Across the pond, a vicar, played by David Tennant, has an early encounter with a troubled parishioner. This event is the seed for a series of conflicts that continually twist. Tucci and Tennant are both superb, as is the rest of the cast. Some bad decisions are made early on, which sets things into motion, but sometimes they seem convoluted. Even so, once things start to roll, it's a fascinating exploration of two very different sets of characters and what we're all capable of doing. I gave it four out of five stars.
1: You guys are at the mall all the time. All I have to do is bring along the camera. You bring along the camera? I don't think so. This time, I'm running the camera.
0: That was a clip from a video called Class Action that I wrote and directed in 1995. And that second voiced was Constance Wu, who was in the video when she was still in middle school. We're going to start talking about that video. Okay, I read the book, obviously, and yeah. uh, you remember an educational video for public schools. And it was actually statewide, and we had like 25 kids. It was a big production, but you were in it. What do you remember about it? Anything? I remember that we shot at
1: Regency Square Mall.
0: Right. Very good.
1: There are a bunch of different kids who are all doing, like, these projects. Right, right. I actually remember the name of one of the girls. Wow. Was, like, in our group, because I remember it was a unique name. I think her name was Malika.
0: Yeah, okay. Very good. And the guy was Sean, and I loved it because it was 1995, and when I was casting, Sean walked in with a big afro, and in 1995, nobody had an afro, and I'm like, get him in the-, And he could act, too, luckily. So he was great, too. Yeah, now you know you've written a book, obviously, and you've gotten so much press. You're on the front page of New York Sunday Styles. In the book you called books your first love, but your teacher gave you such a trauma about writing later on in high school. So why did you decide to write something anyway? Teacher be damned.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest, I was actually pressured by an agent. Oh, okay. An agent of mine who like, no, this is like a really great opportunity. And, you know, I actually first started writing this back in 2016. Um, the Asian had been like bothering me about it. And then around 2016, you know, tensions were high and a lot of people were having a lot of feelings about the election results, myself included.
0: Myself included too.
1: Yes. Back then <laughs> I had in mind that I would write a much more politically minded book, but obviously it didn't become that because You know, when I was trying to write politically minded stuff, it was just really scattered and like all over the place and didn't have a lot of structure. But every once in a while, there'd be a tidbit of like a personal story. And that would be the best part of the quote unquote political piece. And so I decided to expand upon personal stories that were meaningful to me. And that's how the book came to be. It was a lot of just small personal stories about a normal Suburban girl in Richmond, Virginia.
0: Now it's interesting because actually I'm sure you must have said, well, I can't do an autobiography. I'm, you know, I'm still in my forties. So was it your, the activism? Was it the, the incidents that happened with, with Twitter and all that, that kind of drove it a little bit more to, to make it more about your personal life and say, here's who I am. Check it out. I know some people probably think it was that, but
1: to be honest, I had finished writing most of the book before any of that Twitter stuff. Um, or Fresh Off the Boat's Renewal, any of that happened. In fact, I had not been planning on including that essay about Fresh Off the Boat. In my book, I was just encouraged to write it by my editor. And it was the last one I wrote. And I thought I was just going to write it as an exercise rather than including it. But, you know, rewriting it made me relive a lot of the trauma that I went through and made me understand it better and I realized that that could be helpful to other people who might revisit their own experiences um, with a little grace and empathy and understanding and forgiveness for themselves so I included it because of that but most of it like most of it isn't about that most of it no. is about like me being a kid before I was even you know yeah a yeah
0: in Hollywood all this crazy stuff and you know and it's funny it's interesting because you're not afraid of sex talk in the book. You talk about oral sex and genitals and orgasms and in very <laughs> racy terms. Why were you bold enough to do that?
1: Um, I think, well, the way I was writing was I was I was just trying to write honestly. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: well, we all talk that way when nobody's listening, but you put it in print.
1: Yeah, but when you're <laughs> writing, nobody's listening, right? Uh,
0: good point, yeah.
1: When you're writing, it's very private. And you know what? You don't have to share it. It's like a diary. If, right. if, if you don't want to share your journal or your diary with somebody, you don't have to. There are definitely essays I did not include in the book. But I do think that in art, literature, film, the things that move us the most are the more personal stories, the things that people are kind of scared of revealing about themselves. And... Uh, after having gone through a lot of therapy and I feel really grounded in myself and, and my values. So I feel capable of sharing that in order to make others feel less alone with you know their private thoughts and
0: troubles. That makes sense, that's a good point. You're married now and your husband was okay with you listing all of these uh, <laughs> assignations that you had in these heavy duty French, heavy love affairs actually.
1: Well, I'm not married actually
0: oh you're not okay no
1: i'm just in a relationship i'm just living in sin as we call it yes yes exactly (laughs) but yeah that's another thing i don't really prescribe to really old societal norms of uh, how a family ought to look you know me and my boyfriend have a wonderful daughter and we you know raise her together as a family and you know i don't really see the need for marriage right now
0: it's interesting you say that because i'm gay and when I could get married, I got married almost immediately because I could never get married. So it's interesting that people who can get married are like, meh. But people who couldn't are like, hey, give me those benefits. So, like, I didn't
1: know you were gay. You know, well, a- in
0: 1995, I was gay in 1995, but you don't talk about that with middle school kids.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm sure you probably wouldn't. If I had asked you, you probably wouldn't have lied. But sure, when we were kids, you were talking about like acting and like setting up the shot. You right. know, we were talking about what we were doing because we're both just
0: normal people. Exactly. I don't know how normal I am, but you can you can claim that if you want. <laughs> so it's interesting because you did put so many details of of friendships with people that you said some of whom you're not still really close to, only using their first names, but if you really probably did a little research, I could somebody could probably figure out who they are. No, no, no. I I didn't use
1: their first names. I did um I did fake names.
0: Oh, they're fa- Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Like okay.
1: Fiona is not the real name. Oh, uh-huh. okay. I just thought they were the class.
0: real first names. I never realized. Okay. So
1: no. everything's a, has that like a fake name. Yeah.
0: But did you have to contact all those people and say, by the way?
1: I contacted almost everybody I wrote about in a negative, uh, in a positive light. Everybody that I still had their information for. Right. The one essay I have about my middle school friend who I call Fiona in the book Mm-hmm. i didn't contact her i'm not in contact with her anymore but um you know it's just a, that, that that there was nothing horrible there It was a very typical teenage oh
0: yeah we've seen it on netflix 20 times yeah. right
1: <laughs> yeah totally it happens to a lot of teenage girls
0: yeah yeah, yeah. well you know it's funny because you mentioned that because you know i knew you and i, I read the book and of course of course you're this sweet little Richmond girl but then there's this thing in there about you throwing spitballs and napkins you really were a bad girl you were a little bit saucy weren't you
1: you did not read that chapter very well because I did not throw the spitballs they threw the spitballs at me
0: I thought it said somewhere you threw them later after they threw them at you you threw them back no I never
1: threw spitballs at Fiona she was the one who threw them at me oh so
0: you are you were a good girl
1: I, yeah, I was a good girl., yeah, I do think I was a good girl. I didn't get in trouble. Uh, you know, I don't bully people. I'm very still very nice to people on set, um even if they aren't nice to me. and that essay about Fiona throwing spitballs at me and right, right, ridiculing right. me, I still forgive her um you know because we were just teenagers figuring it all out sure That's
0: sure fine. sure
1: well now no, it's an- I, never, I never threw a spitball in my life oh <laughs> darn
0: well good we've got it we've got it recorded now for the world um yeah
1: it's in the book too she yeah. threw them at me not okay i
0: misread that so the other extreme is a buddhist monastery that oh yeah That's a pretty wild trip what made you want to do that in the first place
1: i was going through a very typical sophomoric artist searching for meaning phase in my life. I think I was probably like 19 or 20. Yeah, it was just an experience that, I mean, first of all, it was free. And it was something I hadn't heard of anybody else doing before. And I've always been fascinated by many different forms of religion. Um, And I didn't really know much about Buddhism. So I thought I would try this program and live on a Buddhist monastery for a summer and learn about it.
0: Sounded pretty amazing. Do you still meditate?
1: Yes, not as often as I would like to, but I do still meditate and I find it very, very fruitful when I do. But it's kind of like exercise. It's like nobody exercises as much as <laughs> they want to. Right, right. But when they do, they you feel. feel
0: some. I was just saying that yesterday that I hate yeah. getting into that pool, but it, once I get out, it feels great. So yeah, I agree Once with you're it.
1: doing it, it's great. It's just like yeah. getting to do it. And, and yeah. that's sort of how I am with meditation as well. But yes, I still do try to meditate regularly.
0: It's interesting that a couple of places in the book you set up screenplays to uh, depict certain incidents that happened in your life. Uh, was that your idea? Was that the editor's idea? Or did that just evolve?
1: Uh, that was an editor's idea, actually, because the book was always called "Making a Scene," dual meaning about you know what it means when somebody makes a scene.
0: Right, right, um, right. And right. also,
1: being a, a life as an actor, you make scenes for a living, whether it's on right, the stage right. of the screen. And there were parts of my book that were very dialogue heavy. And my editor was like, "Why don't you try writing them like plays or screenplays, just to see what that would be like?" And so I did, and it it lended a nice objectivity to it that I um, that I really liked. So I think I have four scenes in there. Yeah, but I think I'm there were four. That.
0: Yeah. So you think you'll ever write a screenplay now?
1: I mean, I have written screenplays. Oh, okay, cool. I've written a couple. Um, one I'm developing, but you know, it's a long process with that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Surprise guest, drop in. Now, speaking of your days in Richmond, somebody's dropping in to say hello.
1: Oh my God!
0: It's Kelly Scallion.
1: Hi, Kelly! (laughs) Hi, it's so good to see you. Oh my God, it's so good to see you too. How are you?
2: I'm so good.
0: Footnote. Kelly Scallion was in several shows with Constance and is now Assistant Director of Admission at Christopher Newport University when did y'all first meet what do you remember about those crazy days
2: uh the
1: magician's Magician nephew. nephew we were double cast in the we same We were part.
2: double cast so we played the same part we were both Polly, but we were on two different casts because we were kids so yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> but we rehearsed together and we did all of the functions together and everything so reading your book constance i was taken back to like some of the memories that were unlocked that I had forgotten about.
0: Right. <laughs> did, <laughs> did you know you were going to be in there? Or did you get to that page and like, oh my God, there I am. I suspected because she had talked to my mother. And uh, so I to
2: your ma- mom
1: about. Yes, yeah. so my mom yeah. gave
2: me the tip off for sure. But, you know, talking about how excited we were about things like the real candle. And like, and I brought that back.
0: <laughs> that was
2: the thing. We were really excited. We were like, this is right. real uh, life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Y'all have something else in common. Hold on one second. Family Pictures of friends sharing your life That was another video that was one that kelly did when she was about your age oh it was called me and my families it was about different kinds of families but yeah Mm -hmm. so you've both been on camera for me so that's another thing you have in common oh wow so what are some of the other things you might come on give us the stuff that Constance didn't put in the book kelly come on Uh, i don't think there's any
2: dirt i can say about child constance um child
0: constance i love (laughs) that
2: the things that seemed really normal. But now when I look back at it, I'm like, that's so weird that we did that. Like, I don't know if you remember this, but we would get dressed up in our costumes and go to like Barnes and Noble. Yeah, the bookstore. Yeah, we would go to the bookstore and like sign autographs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like little baby celebrities.
0: And people actually wanted and they didn't know who you were. They just figured
2: you must be somebody. Yeah, because we were dressed up in costume, and I think we would do like a part from the
0: play. as kind of like a yeah,
1: preview. and you know it, that play was based off of the books by C.S. Lewis, so mm-hmm. it was you know a tie-in. Oh, uh, the-
0: got it, was- it. Already marketing.
1: Kelly, were you also in a Little Princess? Because I, I did that one too. Yeah, I was in that yeah. one too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Were you double cast in that one, or did you have different roles? I
1: think we had different roles. I don't know. I was. We were little. We were really little. That was like <laughs> my first, first one. Yeah. Wow. And you're younger than me. I'm 40 now. You, you're a couple years younger than me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you were really, really little then. <laughs>
2: wow. Yeah. So I have vague, very vague memories of, of doing that show. But um, yeah. yeah, it was a fun time. You know, we would all all the kids would get together and it was like we were part of this club. <laughs> and your older sister, Casey, Casey? You know, was yeah. part of it, too. Yeah, yep, she did yep. so much in Richmond. Um, so many different productions. And I would get dragged around with her to her things and she would get dragged to my things and so
0: <laughs> And of course your mom, Vicky, is still, you know, Hat Theater's going on 30 years. I don't know if you did any work there, Constance, or if you just did other work with Kelly other places.
1: I mean, I think Magician's Nephew was like a co-production with Hat Theater. So oh, cool. um, okay. it was. Yeah. And Vicky's wonderful. And I remember both Casey and Kelly were just wonderful and so much fun. And you guys were homeschooled too, right? Yes, we were. Mm-hmm. I remember that because I remember you were like the first homeschooled kids I had ever met. And I thought that was really cool.
2: Yeah. We had I the thought- trademark, like really, really long hair, you
1: know? Oh, I remember you had the long curly hair. It was beautiful. Oh my gosh. I was jealous of that hair. Oh, was
2: <laughs> dumb.
0: People are always jealous of the hair they don't have. Well, in my case, any hair would be nice,
1: but
0: people with curly hair hate it. And they say, oh, they want to straighten it. People with straightened hair want to curl it. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. I was definitely jealous of curly hair because I'm a very straight haired girl. But right, yeah. Right,
0: right. <laughs> well, Kelly, I want to thank you for dropping in any other stories, any special memories you can uh, give us about Constance before you uh, go back to work. She's at work, actually. I,
2: yeah, I'm oh. in the office right now. So I told everyone in the hallway to shut up. <laughs>
1: Wow, where are you now? Are you in Virginia?
2: Are you, what do yeah, you just- so I live in Williamsburg, um, but I work at Christopher Newport University, which is where I went to college, so. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, it was really good to see you. Good to
1: see you too. This is truly so, really such a surprise. Oh my God. Well, good, so-
0: good. That's the point.
2: <laughs> well, I read about myself in your book and I was like, well, now I need to get on the Zoom call. <laughs>
0: there you go. There you go. Actually, your mom recommended it. So, because I called yes. her first and she said, oh, Kelly's the one. They were together and they were great friends. So, Aww.
1: please tell your mom I said hello as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Have a wonderful day.
0: Bye. Thanks, Kelly. Bye bye. So, you mentioned in the book your passion for fashion. How does that play out now? Are you out buying fancy clothes or you just like get to wear them for the red carpet? It's disappeared. (laughs) When I was a teenager,
1: I had a passion for fashion. But to be honest, now fashion feels a little bit like work for me. Uh, because right. i have to do it for work you know i have right. to do press events and red carpets and you know the first few red carpets you do you're kind of like oh my god this is so exciting but it does feel like work after a while um
0: a lot of pressure
1: yeah and also it's not always the most comfortable thing like wearing like super high heels and it used to be something that i really enjoyed as sort of an expression of my individuality but now it feels a little bit like part of my job rather than fun. And who knows, maybe I'll get back to a place where it's fun again. But yeah, as an adult in the industry now, it feels like it's a little bit more like work to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And plus also now there is this emphasis now on not always wearing something new every time you show up because you were just wasting so much money on fashion. So, you know, people are starting to pull stuff out of their wardrobes or from, you know, the past money's not the issue. It's just wasting all those resources to make more clothes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I went to an event for the Emmys a few years ago where I wore my prom dress.
0: Oh, great. Great.
1: I recycled my prom dress from prom at Douglas Southall Freeman High School. That's great. Um, and I still have that. I love that dress. So, yeah.
0: Why not? And you can fit in it. That's the best part.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty much the same size. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. You talk about musicals and you love musicals. You haven't done one yet yourself. Have you? I haven't read about one, either whether a play or even a movie at that point.
1: Well, you know, I just did one Lyle Lyle Crocodile is actually. Oh, a of course. Right.
0: Right. The animated film. Right.
1: And then when I was in Richmond, I did a couple shows with Theater Four? Are Theater they still
0: Yeah, It's called Virginia Rep now, but yeah, they're the, the children's touring productions.
1: Yeah, no, I, I did some of their main stage productions. Oh, okay. I, I did the Music Man with them, and then I did Babes in Toyland. Uh-huh. Which Music, also...
0: Music Man mm-hmm. would have been Larry Cook was probably Harold Hill. Do you remember?
1: I don't remember. I remember that, but but the Marion was played by a woman named Janine Saraskew.
0: Yeah, Saraskew. She's still around. She does box mm-hmm. office, actually, for Virginia Rep.
1: Oh, God. Her voice terrific god she's, what a beautiful
0: Still beautiful. has a great voice yes she does that's cool that you remember her and your daughter is she showing any signs of acting yet
1: well my daughter's only two right. um i will say she's definitely an extrovert okay I think a lot of actors are extroverts but in terms of acting like she hasn't really seen anything because we don't do screens so she hasn't oh, seen great. Actually, that's not true. On planes, we do screens. Right, right. So she's seen like the movies on planes, on airplanes. So, so I don't know yet. That remains to be seen. But I mean, it was a wonderful experience for me doing community theater. So if she wanted to do that, I would 100% be behind her for that.
0: I want to ask you about this is kind of an interesting question. You may not even have a good answer to it, but I thought they were both interesting shows. Fresh off the boat kim's convenience Mm -hmm. it's a canadian show and actually that couple is korean right right but you've never seen it
1: i have not seen it no
0: but i've heard great things the reason i wanted to mention even kim's Convenience because it was interesting because the two parents in that are immigrant parents and they have very thick accents and i have read that they don't actually have those literally in life and i know you had some questions slash issues with that in your show
1: there was a lot of criticism over it and i Thoughts that it just like Meryl Streep played a Polish woman in Sophie's Choice. So she's going to have a Polish accent. Right. I'm playing a real woman who has an accent, which I was because my character was based off the real life Jessica Huang, right. who is an immigrant and English is her second language that she learned as an adult. Uh, she's going to have an accent. So sure. for me, it's a natural byproduct of being bilingual. and knowing two language, which I think is something to wear with pride. And I think the people who protested are people who are responding to old wounds created by an ignorant Hollywood system that mocked those accents. So sure, some people might have laughed at it. Some people might have mocked at it. I don't make my art for those ignorant people.
0: Do you know two languages? Are you bilingual?
1: I'm bilingual to the point that like I can speak Mandarin, I think at the level of like a kindergartner, right? So I can get around, I can do basic things. I can't have an in-depth conversation on politics or philosophy, right? Sure, sure. But I can order food at a restaurant, ask how to get to the bus station. There you go.
0: And are you sharing any of that culture with your daughter yet?
1: I've been trying to speak a little bit of Mandarin to her. Yeah, I'd like to more. I've been trying to, but and And you know, my boyfriend is also Asian, but he's Filipino. Uh-huh. But he does not speak Tagalog, and he never learned any Tagalog growing up. But I'd love to include that part of her culture in her life too—her Filipino culture.
0: And you know, when they're that young, they pick up languages very quickly. So yes, this yeah. is the time to learn. Exactly, yes, now's sure. the time to do it. So now you mentioned in the book that Randall Park, who of course you co-starred with in Fresh Off the Boat, was your gold standard of acting. You said gold standard as a person,
1: as a human being, not as a not human being. Act-
0: what do you mean by that?
1: I just think he's a really good person. He's never been a creep, which, you know, to be honest, in Hollywood, a lot of the straight (laughs) men you meet, even the nice ones, have a little bit of, like, creepiness to them.
0: The gay ones don't? Not to me. I was going to say, yeah, maybe if you were a 24-year-old hot guy, they might. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: different. (laughs) different. (laughs) But not towards me. But, yeah, he's just an earnest, hardworking person who really cares about his family and his daughter and um, is really empathetic and understanding of many people's experiences. And so I feel really grateful to have had him. I continue to talk to him. I think he's just a wonderful person. So
0: have you seen Blockbuster yet? I haven't,
1: but I really want to because I used to go to Blockbuster all the time as a kid. And I remember like Friday night sleepover parties, my dad would like drive us to the blockbuster and gate crossing. And we'd get, like, Little Caesars pizza and crazy bread and then go to the Blockbuster and, like, pick out a movie. And it was so
0: fun. Wow. That's great. You know, it's interesting. About two weeks ago, I did a one of my shows. I interviewed somebody with – it's out of L.A. actually. It's called Free Blockbuster. You may have seen them. Remember L.A. Weekly? And and you lived in New York, too, the Village Voice? And they had the where the newspapers were and the little holders, the little stands yeah. that were everywhere. Well, yeah. they saw some of those sitting out in L.A. after Blockbuster went out of business, and they painted them Free Blockbuster. And it's one of those, like, little library you can bring – DVDs or VHS tapes in and you can pick one out and that's kind of ironic yeah and it's called free blockbuster there's four or five of them in Richmond now that's so cool I didn't know about that isn't that crazy yeah it's new so you loved New York yes and now you're in LA Uh you have a preference would you like to go back to New York I would love to go back to New York yeah great city i
1: feel like i fit in a little bit more there than i do here in la there's a big theater scene and as i say in the book i am a theater girl at heart and i right. i'm doing a play now and i love it and i hope to do more
0: what play is that and where is it playing
1: i'm doing a play called 222 a ghost story at the amundsen theater here in los angeles and it's been a blast i we, we just opened last weekend and we're continuing our run through december
0: 4th i think so There's a mention of Chris Pratt and Terminal Man, and in the acknowledgments, there's a mention of J-Lo, but you didn't talk about those two projects. Is there a reason? Were they just too late for the book or is the book more about Constance?
1: They were, I think they were pretty much too late for the book because I, like I said, started writing the book back in 2016. Right. And I finished most of it, honestly, before I even shot Hustlers.
0: Footnote. Constance starred with Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers in twenty nineteen, where they played exotic dancers.
1: And the only one I added at the end was the one about my tweets and Fresh Off the Boat. Right. And then also the one about the monastery was one that I added as well. So uh, yeah, actually those like in Terminal Lists I didn't start shooting that until gosh, almost until like after my book had kind of gone to print. It hadn't been printed right. yet. No, it had, yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, so I hadn't even started on that show, but I love doing that show. Love working with Chris.
0: Footnote. Chris Pratt is the Chris and the show is The Terminal Man on Amazon.
1: It's a terrific show and um, I had a great time on it.
0: What are you watching when you're sitting at home and you don't have to have something for the two-year-old? Well, she doesn't do screens. So what are you watching when you and your boyfriend sit at home just to chill?
1: I honestly really like this show called the Great British Baking Show.
0: Ah uh, everybody seems to love that show,
1: yeah, I just really and also I used to work in a bakery in Montana Gold in right, Richmond right Virginia, right so which I write about in the book, and yeah, I really, really enjoy that show.
0: I just want to mention one thing that I just saw and just reviewed because you said you're a fan of the director yeah. and it's called triangle of sadness oh yes just came out it got a standing ovation it can and it's by ruben oslin who you said you want to work with one day who did force, force majeure. majeure amazing right, right.
1: amazing film yeah I, I really do want to see triangle of sadness i'm going to yeah, check that yeah. out
0: it's very good well i want to thank you again for coming to richmond for just a few minutes and visiting with us and uh good luck on your next book thank you for having <laughs> me
1: jerry it was so good to see you again
0: great bye 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 have a great day I've been talking with Constance Wu about her new book, Making a Scene, and about growing up in Richmond. There's a link to the book and more on the webpage for this episode. Coming soon. In theaters. The long-awaited sequel, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Bar Fight. A couple competes in a custody battle for their favorite bar. Decision to leave. After a man falls to his death from a mountain peak, the detective finds his wife unusually calm. Directed by Park Chan-wook, who also did Old Boy and The Handmaiden. Meet Me in the Bathroom, a documentary about the music scene in New York during the early 2000s. TV and streaming. The Crown on Netflix. This fifth season has a changing of the cast, including Imelda Staunton as the queen. Also returning to Paramount is the fifth season of Yellowstone, the Kevin Costner-led drama and one of my favorites about ranch life in modern Montana. Tulsa King, also on Paramount and from Yellowstone creator Tyler Sheridan, is a drama about a New York mob boss who moves to Oklahoma, with Sly Stallone in the title role. The Calling on Peacock from David E. Kelly comes this crime drama about a spiritual New York City cop. The English on Amazon, Emily Blunt comes to this TV series as a 19th century English woman with her Pawnee Scout in Wyoming. From Devil's Birth on MSNBC and Peacock, a documentary about the deadly 2017 wildfires in Portugal. That's it for this week. You can subscribe to this podcast through most of the major services. You can go to tvjerry.com, click on podcasts, and there's a link. Next week, my guest is another local actor who's done well for himself in New York. Duke LaFoon will talk about being in The Watcher and Let the Right One In. Thanks for listening. This is Jerry Williams. For more Sister, including literally thousands Thousands of reviews, reviews, visit tvjerry.com.
2: That's a wrap.